Welcome to A Trip to the Movies. I'm Alex Zane and this episode is brought to you by Odeon because if you're going to watch a movie, it has to be at an Odeon Lux. For me, there's no better place to experience the mesmerising magic of the big screen. And when I say big, I mean crystal clear, four times sharper, subtly curved, larger than life, I sense big. A place where you can recline in luxury whilst sipping on your favourite beverage as you immerse yourself in the all-consuming power of the story, enriched by epic Dolby Atmos that will make your spine tingle and the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Now that is how to experience a movie. And there's no better feeling. You can book your Odeon Lux experience at odeon.co.uk or on the Odeon app. Odeon say, we make movies better. And they're not wrong. Also, just before we head to our fantastic virtual cinema, how would you like a pair of tickets to head to a fantastic and very real cinema? Because the lovely people at Odeon have handed us a pair of tickets to give away every show. So, if you'd like the chance to head to your nearest Odeon and enjoy a movie, I'll tell you how at the end of the show. Congratulations to this week's winner, Angelina's Man, who left us the following review titled, An Absolute Must Listen. Angelina's man says, Absolutely fantastic. The power of cinema provides a true insight into who the guests are. Often hilarious, sometimes emotional, always interesting. P.S. You are going to learn a lot more about Warhammer 40,000 than you ever thought you would. Uh, thank you, Angelina's man. Drop us an email to triptomovies at gmail.com and we'll send you your Odeon tickets. Yeah, it's mad that two weeks in a row we had some serious 40k chat. You can actually find the full clip of Rahul Kohli and myself getting deep into 40k lore on our A Trip to the Movies YouTube channel or for the full unedited two and a half hour video version head to our Trip to Movies Patreon which is also where you'll find every full video interview for the show. Finally for the latest news and clips from the show we're on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at Trip to Movies Pod. Right then if you're ready let's do this. Hello and welcome to A Trip to the Movies, the podcast where each week a movie fan takes us on a very special journey as they curate their perfect night out at our fantastic virtual cinema. This week we're joined by the host of the hugely successful and bloody brilliant Jack Mates Happy Hour podcast available exclusively on Spotify, a podcast on which I myself have been a guest. His show just celebrated its 300th episode in spectacular fashion, taking us on this episode's trip to the movies. It's Jack Mate. Hey, oh, man. mate. Thanks so much for having me on. You're so much better at just everything than I am. Like, just, <laughs> just hearing you talk. You're the first guest that ever came on our podcast with a notepad as well, with notes about <laughs> me. <laughs> I love that. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, that was that was a fun day. I cannot believe that no one else comes on with a notepad. I don't know whether I love that about myself or I hate that about myself. <laughs> it turned into you just interviewing me, but that's perfect. It gave, it gave me the afternoon off. As I said at the time, I'm much more comfortable asking questions than answering them. But it was a yeah. lot of fun. And your show, man, it's just got it's just got bigger and bigger. It's it's a huge thing now, isn't it? It's pretty mental, mate, to be honest. It's pretty mental because when I first started, uh, what was it, four four years ago? Coming up to four years ago now, uh, my YouTube channel was like on the way out. Like my views were dwindling. Like I was, I was, you know, when when your heart's not in something, people can people yeah. can tell pretty quickly. And um, 
just started this thing um just started this podcast with with stakhanov who you you know and love and uh yeah it just sort of um just sort of blew up from there and it's crazy because like last week we were we were number one in the charts we were above mm-hmm. joe rogan but we spent oh half God. of the episode talking about thumbing feces into a b-day so. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm not quite sure what what mr rogan would think of that <laughs> I mean, it really is the two of you, though. It's like you're vying for the number one spot. I mean, and people sort of, you know, he's like the biggest podcaster in the world, and yet you are the biggest podcast in the UK from day to day. It's mad, mate. It's mad, but I'm just super grateful, super, like, I mean, you know what it's like. I get to chat to my mate uh, in a in a room, and that's my job, so <laughs> could not think of anything better, really. I, I see my dad wake up and do, like, 12-hour shifts in a factory, and I'm just super grateful that I get to... Yeah have a laugh like very very lucky and last time uh, we spoke when we were trying to sort out yeah you coming on this you were in vegas i was i was um and I, and i've had a look for your questions today and that and that might come up a, a, okay. a bit later on it might come up okay. a little bit later on yeah all right well we'll talk about vegas when we come to vegas so if you're ready mm. let's do this jack mate you're now about to take us on your perfect night out at the cinema you are our guide we are your followers Let's go on a trip to the movies. So, we're entering the cinema. We find ourselves in the foyer. There's an excited buzz, as there always is in the cinema foyer, a hum of anticipation. So, who are you picking, living or dead, to take with you to the cinema? Oh God! When you when you said that, I didn't know it could be anyone. I thought you <laughs> I thought you meant like who you. I've just picked my girlfriend. That's no, fine. No, no, I need to rethink this. The, no. the reason I, I originally picked my girlfriend because um, she's like she's. When I say I can, I pick the movie one hundred percent of the time. I pick the movie one hundred percent of the time. Like she does not care. She could go in and watch. I was showing her the Wayne Rooney documentary the other day. Like she's <laughs> she's not bothered. She'll sit and enjoy anything. So um, from a selfish point of view, I'd I'd pick her. Um, or Alex, I'd pick you because you, you know more about films than anyone. I wouldn't pick you and my girlfriend at the same time because for reasons that we have discussed, which I am going to bring say here as well. Um, when I first got with my partner Fiona seven years ago, mm. we played that game where if you could go with any celebrity, who would it be? I picked Margot Robbie. She picked Alex Zane. <laughs> so, so take from that what, what you will. <laughs> so you'd go with your girlfriend. That's lovely, though. And mm-hmm. and you pick the movie all the time. Like, she, has she ever picked a movie? I don't think so. No, I think she she took her dad to see that. Um, and also, I do just want to tell your listeners now. When it comes to like movies, I'm not I'm not too clued up. Clued up. You'll you'll probably uh, you'll probably hear that when it comes to my like most uh, what is it most controversial movie opinions. So I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen hundreds. You could probably name like the top hundred films. I've seen about three or four, but. Um, Fiona last picked a film. She went to see that new one, uh, Top Gun. Maverick, yeah. Is it Top Gun? Top Gun Maverick. Top, yeah. She, uh, and yeah. I think that's probably the only time uh, in the seven years I've been with her where she's like actively gone, I want to go and see that film. So she managed to pick the biggest movie of 2022 and uh, <laughs> a, a billion dollar movie at that. Wow. She's. I mean, maybe, and I'm, I'm not telling you how to live your life, maybe you should hand the responsibility over to her a bit more. That's a great choice. I didn't go and see it either. She took her dad. Um, <laughs> I, I, I still haven't seen it. So, But I'll, I'll pick her purely just because it, it, it allows me to choose the film. I love it. All right. What time of day 
do you go to the cinema? What time of day? See, I'm surprised that this is a question because mm. I thought there was only one real answer and I thought that was nighttime. Like, why would you go during the day? Is that Do people do that? People do do that, yeah. That's a real thing. <laughs> I can't... I can't work out why you would. I think, like, I don't know. I've only ever gone. I think 100% of the time I've gone to the cinema has been at night time. However, as I'm saying that, I've just realised, I think the last time I went to the cinema in the daytime was a school trip. You remember when you, to, you used to have to walk, mm -hmm. like, boy, boy, girl, boy, girl, through the, through the streets of Norwich. Uh, we went and saw Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets. And um, on the way there, I have a vivid memory of seeing a doll's head in a tree with all like moss coming out of its mouth. So I, d I mean, that's got nothing to do with the question you asked, but <laughs> that, I don't know whether it's that that's put me off going to the cinema during the day or just the fact, to me, it seems like a nighttime thing, Alex. So wait, it's two, two obvious questions. Uh, first of all, mm. um, your school trip involved going to see Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets. That was like a, a yeah. trip organized by the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think I think they'd go every year. Like if you were if you were good throughout that sort of academic year, then you could go and watch Harry Potter at the end of it or whichever film was out. But it usually was a Harry Potter knocking about. <laughs> so that was a it was a motivational thing. Do well, yeah. See the boy wizard. Yes, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And uh, then I guess if you didn't like Harry Potter, you could just sort of piss about. And the the uh, <laughs> the uh, the doll's head with moss coming out of its mouth. A regular sight on the streets of Norwich? Not really, but that <laughs> that stuck with me a long time. That so, as I say, I don't know if it's that that put me off. Like, I I, I maybe like I have some trauma packed away in there that if I go to the cinema during the daytime, I might come across that doll's head again. Oh, I don't right. know, but I actually didn't know that people go during the day. I didn't know that was a thing. It's so much quieter during the day. I think that's why a lot of people go during the day. But do you prefer it when there's a, a big crowd around you? Do you like the communal experience? So, I mean, some people like to be able to sort of go about two in the afternoon, the first screening of the day, where there's oh, wow. literally no one else in the cinema. I mean, I don't mind if there's people about. I, I, I think nighttime's a bit sort of like cosy. But then again, normally I'm quite tired. I don't know. I, I reckon I'll try it. I reckon I'll give it a go. But I just think... Cinema to me seems like a a nighttime thing. It's cold outside. It might be raining, whatever, and you're you're snug in those lovely little lovely little seats. Yeah, that's nice. You've painted a beautiful picture mm. there. I almost want to take a duvet <laughs> with me. Really go the whole hog. Wrap yourself up in a little cocoon of warmth. Why not? I reckon yeah. you could, Alex. You can pull it off. Yeah, yeah, I could. I I, I could, and and I do. Uh, I, people see me walking in and I'm like, yeah, I've brought my duvet. And what? That's, uh, it, it doesn't say anywhere that you can't bring a duvet. So, true. you know, screw you true. guys. <laughs> All right. Which seat do you choose in the auditorium? Now, again, um, this won't just be my answer for all your questions, I promise you. But I didn't know there was more than one sort of answer. Like, why wouldn't you go... I want to hear the reasons for not going central and middle. Like, unless you're like 14 and you're trying to kiss a boy or a girl and then you and then you might choose the back seats and be sort of parked away in the corner. I understand that method. But as an adult um, in, a, in a committed relationship, I'm going for the middle central. And why would anyone choose other than that? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. 
I personally choose an end seat because I have a, a crippling social anxiety of needing to use the toilet halfway through a movie and having to ask strangers to move as oh. I'm passing down the row. So that's why I pick an end seat. So you don't mind that. If you say you're in the middle of, uh, you know, a three hour Quentin Tarantino epic yeah. and you need a wee, you're cool with sort of going, hi, can I just get past? I have, and I'm not bragging, but I have one of the best bladders I think I've ever, ever, ever come across. Right? Not, not that I'm often coming across bladders, but I, 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 I literally can go all day without really having a whip. It might be a problem. I don't know, but I've always been like that. Um, yeah, I, 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 I never, I think the, in my whole life, I've probably only ever weed mid-film once, maybe. And I, and actually, that was during, um, the the recent Batman film, the guy from Twilight, you know which. That yeah, one. I did. And, yeah, and I and I only went because I was I was bored of it. I just wanted to go and sort of check my phone and stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> I, I, I I take your reasoning for the end seat, but that's luckily that's not a, a, a bridge that I've had to cross yet. So, central, middle, nighttime, perfect. So you 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 didn't love uh, the new Batman with, and I believe I'm quoting here. The guy from Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly all of your listeners have turned off. Uh, <laughs> no, I, no um... not at all. Not at all. I, I, I love it. I mean, like, I, I, I do feel that he is, he's probably works the best part of a, a, a decade to shake that moniker. And yeah, here we are going, you, the, 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 the guy with the glittery skin, the vampire, the beautiful vampire kid, him, the one who played Batman. <laughs> I, I yeah I don't want to do him a disservice I'm not his demographic I'm not an avid film watcher so um I do remember going to watch Twilight so since then since Twilight I, d I don't think I've seen him in anything else until until recently uh, and no I, I, I weren't really a fan of it mate I can't do I can't do action films mm. and I can't do the kind of See, I'm a massive hypocrite because I was going to say I can't do superhero films, but then I also have a huge tattoo of um, Heath Ledger as the Joker on the back of my car. Oh. So, um, so I'm a, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite. Um, oh my god, he's the best Joker, right? I, yeah. I had a long conversation with someone about this the other day because you you know you've got Whacking Phoenix, Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, and mm -hmm. it's I. The Dark Knight is one of the few films that I can watch. Like, people talk about going, oh, I love the performance of X in X. And mm -hmm. I, I never really get that. I like a film or, or I don't like a film. But mm -hmm. The Dark Knight, Heath Ledger's performance is one of the few films where I'll go, I'll just watch it for him because yeah. it's, it's just an unbelievable tour de force of a mm -hmm. performance in that character. Yeah, I, I loved it. Like, Joker the recent one is one of my favorite films and I, and I get battered online for, for saying that I don't understand why. Cause I thought as a movie sort of like novice, I thought it was a really popular film, but people seem to think that's a controversial opinion. However, having said that, I think Heath Ledger as the Joker, I don't think you can, I don't think you can get anything, anything better. I'm sure this isn't being, is this being video video recorded? Do you want to see the tattoo? I don't know. If I would love to see the tattoo. It's actually done really well. Right. Let me see if I can, I'm not going to be able to hear, hear you, but I'll All right, show you. Show me. Hang on. Right. Um, how am I going to do this? Um, I don't know oh my can... God. Can you see that's that? A, that's a proper, that's like a, that's like, 
Yeah, I'll wait for you to put your headphones back on. That's like <laughs> photo real. That's like it, incredible. It's so good. The tattooist even got like all the sort of scars behind the red in the in the tattoo and in the uh, paint around the mouth and stuff. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, so, what persuaded you to get that? You just saw the movie and went, "I love it that much." I saw the movie and then, like three or four years later, like this, this particular tattoo artist that I really like, he posted it up on Facebook and was like, "If anyone wants to get this." I'll do you a good deal on it because he really wanted to do it. And I'm out of breath just standing up on my chair. But um, <laughs> <laughs> which is madness, absolute madness. <laughs> but yeah, um, he, he wanted to do it. And I loved, uh, like you say, I loved Heath Ledger's performance in, in that film. So I went for it. My partner, by the way, when we first got together, she thought his name was Keith Ledger, <laughs> which I still haven't been able to get over. <laughs> I don't know a lot about films, Alex, but I'm one step ahead of that. That's brilliant. As long as as long as you knew it was Heath Ledger when you were walking into the tattoo artist and you were like, I'd like Keith Ledger. Sorry, who? I, I have a mate called Keith Ledger. I assume that's who you mean. He's uh, <laughs> he's a plumber, lives down the road. I'll, I'll do him for you. Great. That's the next one. That's an incredible tattoo. All right. So all manner of foodstuffs are available at the various counters in the foyer. What do you usually choose to eat? Uh, the hot dog. One hundred percent of the time, I'm going hot dog. Um, I I I love the the worse the sausage, the lower the sort of meat ratio in that sausage, the better it is. I want ketchup on it. I want onions. Although the the cinemas in Norwich never seem to have any onions. Uh, London, I know, is a bit more, a bit got a bit more about it. Uh, I'm having that. I'm having uh, a Tango Ice Blast mixed each and every time. And uh, I'm going for, if we're going sweets, I'm going for uh, munchies. Definitely going for munchies. Or blue M&Ms, and that, that's me each and every time. Blue M&Ms. What, are you, are, you not a, are you not a fan of that? I didn't, can you, can you pick just blue M&Ms now? No, I, that... no, no, so <laughs> the, the, the crispy M&Ms in the blue oh, packet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were playing into that trope of, yeah, I only, uh, I want, uh, I want M and M's in my dressing room, but just blue ones, so remove all the other colours. I was like, I know you've got big, I know the podcast is huge, but have you really reached the point where you're like, M and M's, but just blue ones? Yeah, the podcast is doing alright, but Odie and still haven't given me a rider yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, crisp, crispy M and M's, crispy M and M's. Um, if you if you if you go for the yellow peanut ones, you're picking them te- them them at your teeth for the whole duration. I think I think right. Let me hit you with a cliche, Alex, because yep. you are the cinema man. Why are noisy foods sort of a cinema thing? I mean, it's a great question. I don't find foods purchased in the foyer of a cinema that noisy. What I do find uh, very, very difficult is where, and I've, I, it's, it's the weirdest thing, I've had this twice in my life, where someone's bought, uh, brought with them a plastic bag, uh, like uh, full of crisps. As in, wow. they've bought crisps in a crisp packet, and then they've poured those crisps from the packet into a carrier bag and brought that to the cinema. I witnessed a child uh, eating crisps out of a plastic bag during Avengers Infinity War and I watched a man on the front row stand up, walk all the way back to the child and go can you please stop making that noise? 
to a child. <laughs> that's... Wow. I, I don't know how I felt in the moment. Because I was wow. like, that's a child you're shouting at? And yeah. yet, also thank you. But yeah. you shouldn't do that. <laughs> but you were right. But that was yeah. wrong. I, I, I still don't know where I sit on the scale of morality with that conundrum. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm siding with the bloke, I think. I'm siding with the bloke. You know, I did at the time. So well, popcorn, were you, were you sweet the man, or... Alex? Were you the man? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you hear me say the words, a man did this, it's normally me. Uh, it's, uh, I just, I disassociate myself from, yeah. uh, <laughs> what can I say? I'm an agent of chaos. Uh, <laughs> so popcorn, sweet or salted? Salted all day long. Sweet. Uh, sorry, I've said that wrong. Sweet all day long. Sweet oh. all day long. Yeah, no, I can't do salted. I can, I can do a, I can do a mix though. I know I took you on a roller coaster there, but I am mm. sweet all day long. I think anyone who brings in their own popcorn and they bring in that butter kiss toffee, they're not. That's not right. You can't do that. That's a sacrilege. Uh, that's incorrect. The correct answer Ooh. is salted. Uh, salted. Is there? Correct answer. Yes, that's the correct answer. Yes. I've got a massive sweet tooth, so um, yeah, I'm going sweet all day long. I can tell with your Tango Ice Blast and blue M&Ms, uh, clearly you, you like a sugar rush in the cinema. Yeah, often I go on a Sunday, I'm often very hungover. Um, mm -hmm. I've probably been watching, like, laid on the sofa most of the day anyway, so I need, like, a bit of a, a, bit of a boost to pick me up. I recently went to the cinema for the first time in, like, six months, on, literally on Sunday, and... Mm -hmm. uh, I was sort of falling asleep on the way there, so I got a Tango Ice Blast as a bit of a bit of a kick. So, mm. what's what time of day did you go to the cinema on that Sunday? Like nine o'clock, nine p.m. showing, I think. To to see uh, Jordan Peele's Nope. Oh, what did you think? I really loved it in a, in a weird way because it wasn't for me. Like I I can't I, I understand that it's a brilliant film. This is where you tell me it's not, but I, 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 I like I, I really enjoyed the spectacle of it, um, yeah. but it, I'm not an alien man. I'm not a. I, I lose interest when there's a, a big action scene and stuff. But my partner Fiona, she really loved it, um, and I'm not kind of. I'm also not one of these kind of people that will be like, well, it's shit then, just because I didn't like it. Like I, I can understand why people would would love it. Um, do, how how do you how do you deal with um, spoilers on this podcast, Alex? Do you is there like we, a, do you not we can touch have, on them? Or? We can have spoilers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, do you want to spoil okay. something? I don't want to spoil something, so skip skip this bit because I want to ask your opinion on, on a bit of the film, but it is a spoiler. So, so skip ahead if if you, if you haven't seen Nope yet. Um, you, you you know the I did I didn't understand the the bit with Dupe and the and the monkey. That didn't really go anywhere for me, or was is there a, a meaning that I'm missing there? Um, no, uh, we're in the same nope boat on that one. I was a little bit confused mm. by that as well. Right. I, I want to be able to okay. provide you with an answer, but I was sort of like, okay, fine. You know, when you just yeah. like, oh, let me let me tell you. You mean the monkey bit? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> the monkey bit is uh, it's all about this. It's uh, it's a uh, it's a metaphor, uh, but I, I honestly I was like, all right. And I probably didn't spoil it then. I just said the I monkey bit. So I think that was go. great. If anything, people are going to be like, the monkey bit? That's not what I expected. I might check that shit out. All right, <laughs> it's time go. to leave the foyer and walk mm. down the corridor towards the auditorium. 
Posters along the cinema wall show some of your most important movie memories. What is your fondest movie memory? Hmm. I've got quite a few, I think. Quite a few. And I actually enjoyed um, sort of thinking of my answers to this because I've never really thought about it a lot. Like, big football fan, I could name you my top 10 football matches and players of all time. Movies I've never sort of reminisced on. And then last night in bed, I was having a big think and I, and I really enjoyed it. And and some of the things that came to me, was like little memories stored away that I didn't even remember I had. Like, I remember my dad taking me to the cinema to see um, The Haunted Mansion. Um, and I just completely blanked that out. But any, like I say, we weren't really a cinema family, really. So when we would go, that was that would always be like a, a lovely moment. Um, Bugs Life was one that uh, they took me from a very, very early age. And then I remember on the way home, I stopped at like Toys R Us or something and they bought me uh, like a figurine of it. So that's that's quite special. And then as I got older, I made a point of going to see all of the paranormal activity films with my friends, like every Halloween, because <laughs> I can't do scary movies. Like, But they're not that scary. Like they're, they're, fu- they're like comedies in a way because they're a little bit... A little bit naff so I really enjoyed those but I think my two ultimate answers for that for that question my best movie memories are I'm probably going to go for when my mum and dad took me to see The Grinch I just I love that movie I, I think I feel the same way about The Grinch that most people do about Home Alone um, and then my, my other answer is when I first saw the hangover just because I was going into the I, I didn't know what it was about I hadn't seen the trailers or anything I didn't know who Bradley Cooper was or Todd Phillips and I just went in and laughed from start to finish and it was the first time I remember watching a film in the UK where people stood up and clapped at the end literally people wow. up clapping it. yeah 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 I've never seen that in all my cinema going years I've I mean you and, go to America and you're like can people sit down just sit down I, the, <laughs> You're clapping. You're clapping a trailer, like please. But that's yeah. in the UK. Yeah. Where was yeah. this? In Norwich. This was in Norwich. I can't quite remember which one it was, but um, yeah, definitely, definitely in Norwich. And yeah, there was quite a lot of people in there as well. It wasn't just like a handful of people, and like one group stood up and decided to do it. There was a lot. Um, but you know what we're like in the UK. We sort of like follow on. So if all it took was one person to do it, and everyone else was like, "Oh, I feel like this is what we should do now." Um, but yeah, it was it was um, it was you know the bits and when they show you the the photos at the end of Hangover. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they were just stood up and clapping it, and I thought, yeah, I've seen I've seen a, a special kind of comedy here tonight. You've had a very very special cinema going experience in that story. Mm. I've I've never experienced that, and, and... I'm surprised. It's that's that's incredible. People clap the hangover at the end. I mean, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. And no one knew who Bradley Cooper was when the hangover came out. We were like, okay, he's obviously a movie star in the making. Oh, really? What? Oh, had he not done like many big films before that? No, 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 no. I mean, I think his biggest role before that was you remember he plays the villain Sly Clotch, Sly Clotch in I think that's his name in The Wedding Crashers. Oh, okay. Zach Galifianakis as well, phenomenal. Love, I love, I love it. I love it. I think there's like, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's a little bit of like snobbery around if you tell like a proper movie fan that one of your favourite movies is a comedy. Like they, they, they look at you like, like you're beneath them. No judgment on this show, but yeah, I, I, I can mm. believe, I can believe that. Have you, have you told someone that The Hangover is your favourite film and been met with like a, oh. 
it's it's not my favourite film, but it's de- it's definitely up there. And and um, when we get onto controversial movie opinions later, I've got something about comedies that I, that I wanna I wanna say, and I'm really interested to get your to get your feedback on it. All right, well we're on our mm. journey. What is your worst movie memory? So, two films that stick out to me uh, was Batman versus Superman. Went to the premiere of that, um, so it it kind of oh, you, did you really. Yeah, <laughs> I was hosting um, that premiere. I saw you there, my friend. I saw you there. Um, I've been, I, I've been to quite a few, and you've, I've seen you doing your thing, and it and it it frustrates me because I always take my partner. Um, <laughs> uh, so I weren't a, I weren't a big fan of that, to be honest. Um, and the other one, a film that I fell asleep in, was Source Code. I had to Google last night to re- try and remember the name. Uh, mm. But it was it was source code with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I didn't like it, and this is where you now tell me that it's your favourite film, Alex. Well, I do actually love source code. <laughs> I think <laughs> honestly, I, I was when I was uh, I was reviewing for a paper at the time, and I gave it five out of five. I was like, this film is incredible. I actually do love source code. Batman versus Superman. I you know uh, I get you on that <laughs> one. So you actually left the premiere halfway through. No, no, I, I couldn't because I because I felt like. You're at a premiere. It's weird right. if you if you leave. So like Source Code, I was just watching it like at, at home, so I could just like at, in a cinema, but in Norwich. So I just I just sort of walked out. Um, but there too, that's kind of Source Code's very actiony, isn't it? Like, and I I think yeah, but it's also very it's also very cerebral, man. It's like you know it makes you think, and it's action. Right. Uh, but no, it's one day, Jack. You and I will sit down, and I will <laughs> will make you. Clockwork Orange style, I'll clamp your eyes open and make you watch Source Code to the end because Source Code's great. When you said that, when you said you was going to make me watch it, I was literally thinking of Clockwork Orange with the eyes. So maybe I do know more about films and I'm letting on. There you go. I love it. Force me to watch it, Alex. I'll sit there and I'll watch it with you and you can tell me why I'm I'm wrong. I'm I'm happy to be wrong. Another worst movie memory, if we've got time. Um, Yeah. I... When I first got with Fiona seven years ago, I took her on a date uh, to see Fifty Shades of Grey. Player, what can I say? <laughs> and um, it was like it was like a it was like a, a comedy film in itself because we get there, I'd booked the wrong day, uh, and because it was Valentine's Day, I think it was sold out. We had to wait three hours for the next show and whatever. But my granddad, I couldn't drive at the time, and my granddad had driven us to cinema but he picked us up in a in a, in a work van because he, he's a, like a demolition man um, and there's only one seat in the front of the van so without thinking I just get in the front of the van this is a girl that I've known for like two weeks and she has to get in the back of this white transit van to take it to Fifty Shades of Grey and then it gets so much worse because on at, at, at the end she, he's picked us up dropped us off again and Fiona's shut the door of the van but left her thumb in the door and it's hit a nail and it's like taking the whole nail off, bled. We end up getting back to her mum and dad's house. This is the first time I've ever seen them. Fiona's washing her, the thumb under the tap. She faints and has like a seizure on the floor because of the, of the blood. And her dad just looks at me and just looks me dead in the eye and goes, what drugs have you given her? I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 I haven't. And yeah, it was, it was it, horrific. It, horrific it was. Um, so I can't, I can never look at, um, Fifty Shades, quite the same way. Oh my God! Mm. How long did it take to undo that first opinion? Because they say first impressions and all that. How how long did it take for Fiona's dad to eventually come round and go, 
All right, you didn't give her any drugs, but you you, you did take her to uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, a demolition van. <laughs> yeah, um, I went. I, I think we went to A and E, and we sat up there all night. So she, once Fiona came to, and she could she could pretty much stress that there were no drugs had. Um, I think I could win them round in that waiting room of of A and E. But the van, I'll still never get get past. Okay, what was the last performance you watched that brought you to tears? I'm going to go for... It, a close second is when Andy gives his toys away in Toy Story 3. But oh I don't my know God. if that... I, does that count as a performance, though? Because it's yeah. like... It does. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm just of that generation that grew up with, with Toy Story. So that, that, that seemed like a, a painful end. And then number one is when Jackson Maine... Spoiler alert, kills himself in Star Star is Born, Star is Born, and Gaga's performing that song, and I don't want to feel another touch, that one, and yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that makes me cry every time, much like my singing probably does for your listeners right now. No, that was beautiful. You, you've, got, you've got a voice on you there. Wow, I didn't know that about you. <laughs> I definitely don't. I appreciate you do. it. You do. Yeah, oh my God, the mm. end of A Star is Born. There you go. Mm. That's, mm -hmm. but also Toy Story 3. Wow, what a good call. I'd actually forgotten about that. That is such a crazy movie. I mean, the bit where they're heading towards the furnace as well, all the toys are heading towards the furnace and yeah. they actually sort of make their peace with it. This is a, this is a Pixar movie. So you've got a, a kid audience in there and you're basically watching toys like reason out their own mortality and accept death head on. Yeah, and I couldn't, when you're watching it for the first time, you cannot see any way that they're getting out of this. Like, you, you just think, like, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to watch my childhood literally burn in front of me, which is, which is, yeah. and how good, like, the, the, the bear, Sir Hugalot, what is his name? Oh, my God. Uh, forget his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know who you mean. You who know, voiced him. Was it Kelsey Grammer? I can't remember. No, I don't think it was. That was uh, Stinky it, Pete. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that bear. When you when, because you love him at the start. It's like welcome to Sunnyside, and then where that twist when he turns out to be like just the worst person ever, like one of the greatest movie villains of all time, probably. Great choice. So you've mentioned this already. What is your unpopular movie opinion? Okay, I've got three. Right, I'm going to count them down. So in at number three, I'm going to say that Pulp Fiction isn't in Quentin Tarantino's top three films. Okay. You want to know what three I think? Of I'm course I do. Glorious Bastards, number three. Yeah. Django, number two. Reservoir Dogs, number one. They're my favourite three. And I probably know I'm wrong because everyone always tells me I'm wrong. My number two opinion, which is a bit like, it's a bit like, oh, look at me, I'm so different. I understand that. But I genuinely don't find Will Ferrell movies funny. I'm sure you might have had that before. I feel like that's a bit of a go-to um, unpopular opinion. Will Ferrell, to me, is one of the funniest human beings on the planet. However, he can be Marmite. I didn't know this, but this isn't the first time I've heard that opinion. Okay. Yeah, and, and uh, I tweeted this out a, f a, f a while back, and it, get, it, it gets hit with a lot, of, uh, a lot of backlash, to be fair. So I'm happy to be in the minority. I can watch Elf. If I if it's on, um, but like Step Brothers, people often say it's the funniest movie ever. I yep. don't get it. I just don't get it. And then here's my one. Um, right. My most this is your number one most unpopular movie opinion. Yeah. Um, 
I think, you know what I was saying earlier about like comedy films, like often people look down on comedy films in, mm. in terms of cinema. Uh, I think that if Seven Psychopaths wasn't a comedy and was more of a psychological thriller, it would be regarded as one of the best films of all time. Okay, okay. So, so just talk me through your thinking here. So I've seen Seven Psychopaths. This is the Colin Farrell movie. Uh, yeah. The, I forget the, the writer's name, McDonough. It's the guy who yeah. wrote, like, uh, Three Billboards Outside Irving, Missouri, and, like... Yeah. Uh, in Bruges. In, in Bruges, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so talk me through this. So I think... I love that film so much. Like, I think the cast is unreal as well. Like, Woody Harrelson's in it, um, Christopher Walken's in it, Sam Rockwell. Like, that's a, that's a pretty star-studded cast. And also, mm. like... So from what I can remember, that... They're writing the film that they're in, right? So, like, Sam Rockwell's like, we need a shootout, man. We need we need a shootout. And then at the end, inevitably, it finishes with a shootout, but exactly how Sam Rockwell's character imagined it. And it, to me, I mean, it doesn't take a lot to impress me, clearly, but they're, they're writing the film in which it's, it's playing out ahead of them. And I don't hear anyone talk about this movie. And I think if it was, if it was, like, dark and maybe if, Christopher Nolan did it or something. It was a thriller, or like people would think it was one of the best films ever. And I just think it's not regarded like that because it's a, a film about men that kidnap dogs. So, just to break this down, just so I, because it's a comedy, it's not the best film ever. But if you removed the comedy, it would be the best film ever. Or yeah, yeah, I guess so. Like you can still have like funny elements, sure, but it's. Right. They're, 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 yeah, if it wasn't, if they if they took less of the, the funny ha-ha and more of the twists and turns, I think it would be regarded as one of the best ever. So keep the same plot, the same, mm. uh, the, the same cast and everything, but just make it less funny and more dark and moody. And I think it would be regarded a lot higher than it is. Do you like that film? I'm getting the vibe you don't like that film. I, honestly, this is the first conversation I've had about Seven Psychopaths, I think, ever. I, I remember watching it and going... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all right. But this is this this fascinates me. So your most unpopular movie opinion is that Seven Psychopaths <laughs> isn't regarded as the masterpiece it should be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, is that? I, I just want to break it down into sort of a, a bite-sized sentence, just so I, I I can sort of walk away from this going. I'm obviously, you know, I'm going to watch it. I'm literally going to finish this podcast and watch it, and I just need to know how I'm watching it. So I'm watching it and going, it shouldn't be this funny, and then it would be the greatest film of all time. Yeah, watch it and think like, yeah, if if this wasn't as light, uh, it would it would be it would be real real deep and real interesting and twists and turns and yeah, it would be uh, yeah. Imagine imagine there was a different director. Um, it would be it would be way way up there. Okay, so you're changing the director as well because that's a big swing right there. So you're saying it it needs to be it needs to be less funny with a different director, possibly. <laughs> Possibly change the plot uh, in, a, in, a, in a few ways yeah. and, you know, make it a different movie. But at that point, Seven Psychopaths, uh, it, not, yeah. unrecognisable from what it is right now, becomes the best movie of all time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's just change the cast as well. Why not? Let's, just, let's just rename The Dark Knight Seven Psychopaths and Seven Psychopaths will be one of the best films of all time. Oh, God. Okay. 
No, that that is definitely uh, an unpopular movie opinion, uh, but I love it. Uh, right, we have arrived at the last set of doors. We push them open and enter the auditorium. The crowd goes wild. The guest of honour has arrived. So, in you walk. You sit down in the middle seat in the centre with Fiona. It's night time. You've got a hot dog, a tango ice blast, and you've had all the other colour M&Ms removed, so you only have blue M&Ms in a bowl in front of you. What is your most anticipated movie? What movie are you most looking forward to? Because obviously before your movie starts, we've got the trailers. Right. Again, I don't know too many films that are due to come out. I did see that post that Todd Phillips put on Instagram a couple months back now, um, announcing Joker 2. Mm. Folia do or whatever it's called. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, I saw saw that and I was like, cool. I I probably won't say it out loud too often, but yeah. (laughs) I've gone for it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, That one, I'm going to go Joker 2 just because I really like the first one. But I'm also very aware that it could ruin everything. Yeah, did I read it right that it's going to be a musical as well? Really? Mm, Yeah. And I think Joaquin Phoenix is getting something astonishing, like $15 million to reprise the role. Because I don't think anyone expected that movie to do the business it did. I think it it, eventually came to over a billion dollars. And it's it's really interesting. I think I was talking about this on uh, another episode. But, you know, Todd Phillips, I I spoke to him about this movie and I interviewed Mm. him. And uh, he he said, uh, he said, what did he say? I was like, is it meant to be funny? Because I, I found it funny. Is it meant to be a comedy or not? Because uh, I really found it hilarious. I think Joker is a very funny movie. Right. He was like, oh, you found it funny? Yeah, I found it funny. Uh, so that makes you a freak like me. <laughs> I was like, cool. Also quoting The Dark Knight. Love it. I love but yeah, that. Actually, I was about to tell you a story I've already told you. Remember that story I told you about interviewing Joaquin Phoenix for The Joker? I think I told you it on your podcast. You did. When I, you did. I sat down. And he's he's a he's a scary man. He's a scary man to interview, and um, and I was sort of you know, I, I was told, look, he, you know, he needs to know this is about the film. This is a movie interview. So I sit down. I'm like, hey, uh, Joaquin, this is all about the movie. This is a movie interview. No, no sort of like news. No sort of like gossip. It's not. We're not looking for an angle here. We just want to talk about the film, and it's uh, it's going to be about 15 minutes long. The interview. And he mm-hmm. looked at me. And went, we'll see. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Do you just think he, like, he just, that's just his character? He just enjoys making people feel a bit uncomfortable? I think he's got past the point of, like, you know, like some people are like, hey, how are you doing? Hey, let me, uh, let me make you relaxed. You're an interviewer. Come on, sit down. You know, like, like the professional thing. He just doesn't give a fuck, which I kind (laughs) of respect. Yeah, I kind of respect in its own weird way. You know, you're getting something authentic, even if it is fucking terrifying. <laughs> does it make you? Does it? Because you've you've met all these people, you know who are nice and who are nasty. The, the nastier ones, does that make you enjoy their work less? I think if they're intentionally difficult, then yeah, it's a real shame. Shit, man. I don't I don't get why people are like that. Like I'm very. Fortunate, I get to interview like all the West Ham players, like and and like like don't don't get me wrong, like they're a lot of them are, uh, are lovely, but there's there's a couple who have since moved from the club, and 
that like when they treat you <laughs> when they treat you badly and then you've got a, you've got a season ticket to go watch them and then you <laughs> cheer them when they score it's almost like i don't know how to feel now like do, do i want you to score an own goal so yeah man like yeah i feel your pain there alex right well let's move away from this painful conversation mm. and into the movie that you have picked for our audience to watch alongside you this evening what mm. film is it and why for Gone Girl for Gone Girl I just think I think that again I like to watch movies without knowing the trailer or anything about them really Um, and that was a film that I sort of went into dark and I just loved and it just kept me grit from start to finish Uh, I I don't really know how to speak about it in any other way other than I just fucking loved it Um, and when I thought I knew what was happening, it then flipped it again and flipped it again. And um, just thought that, yeah, both performances were, were, were brilliant in it. Is it Rosamund Pike as well? I think I yeah. discovered discovered her through that and think she's incredible as well. So Gone Girl, I think, eliminates the risk of just anyone talking because you'll just be glued to that from start to finish. And did you watch it at the cinema or was this a home viewing experience? Where I watched it at the cinema, watched it at the cinema and loved it so much that I think I, it's the only time <coughs> that I've watched a film and then bought the book. So you read the book afterwards? I didn't read it, no. <laughs> I just bought it. And to- <laughs> I bought it and then just, it just sort of gathered dust. So I give it to my nan. <laughs> Love this movie. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to get the book. To read? No, weirdo. <laughs> I had good intentions. I wanted to, I wanted to come across intelligent. Like I like it so much. People say the book's better. Well, I'll read the book and then, nah, just watch the DVD again and give it to my nan. Oh yeah, it's it's a great movie. I mean, it's it's Ben Affleck. Wow. I mean, mm. you like you sort of like he gets a lot of stick for some terrible movies he made, you know, uh, early in his career. But that is a movie where you're just like. I don't think he's ever been more perfectly cast as right. that guy. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was it was so good. So good. I loved it from start to finish. Um, yeah, and since then, I've, I've probably... there's I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bit weird with films where if I like a film and I'm just like, yeah, I like it, I'll probably never, ever watch it again. But if it's a film and I love the film, I can happily watch it like 10 times. I went to see Joker four times in the cinema. I went to see The Dark Knight Rises four times. Um, and I think Gonga was another one that since it's been out on streaming platforms and whatnot, I've probably seen that four or five times as well. So, yeah, I'm pretty obsessed with that movie. So you went to see Joker four times. Again, it's so weird. This this isn't the first conversation I've had where people have done repeat viewings of Joker. Like, it's one of those mm. movies that people just keep going back to. It really, you know, it connected it's, with something. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just, I just... Yeah, I, I I would probably say Joker is 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 my favourite film. Just I just enjoy it. I can just zone out. But I, I'm choosing Gone Girl in in this in this scenario just because I think it would. I think more people would enjoy it. Jack, it's a great choice. So obviously it's a double bill. Hmm. What is the second film? Because this second film is the movie that is most important to you so i was close to picking joker i was close to picking dark knight um i'm going for i'm going for the grinch 
<laughs> really? For, yeah, I'm going for Gone Girl and then The Grinch. <laughs> um, I mean, The Grinch is is like, it's, it looks quite tacky now, doesn't it? But it's just, there's something innocent about it. I just love it. Uh, my mum and dad took me. I have great memories of that, as as we mentioned. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for the Grinch. It 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 personifies Christmas for me. There's no better Christmas film than Jim Carrey's The Grinch. This is a hell of a double bill. Let me just say that right now. Gone Girl, <laughs> followed by The Grinch, is <laughs> it's just an epic pairing that you would never imagine. You would never. I don't think. I don't think outside this fantastic virtual cinema where you were screening these movies. We would ever see that double bill in the real world. As you go, I that's, just, my, that's my USP then. It's absolutely brilliant. What a double bill. Okay, <laughs> so we've got Gone Girl. We've got The Grinch. Mm-hmm. What is your favourite shot or sequence in a movie? I feel like I've spoken about it a lot. Um, I didn't think I would, but I'm going to go for... If you if, if you can ignore the soundtrack on this bit, can I pick Joker dancing on the steps? Why are we ignoring the soundtrack? I like the soundtrack, but you like the person who sang, who made the soundtrack, is a very questionable person. Okay, I need to remember. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I- uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> What? What about the film threat? And then I'm like, hang on a second here. What the? Oh, shit. Yeah. That motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it is a it's a cool scene. It's one of my favorite scenes. And it is a cool song. It's just a shame that the person that made that song is an absolute lunatic. So, um, yeah, it's it's obviously... Uh, is it rock and... It's a song called Rock and Roll. It's obviously... a by uh, Gary Glitter, which isn't great, but that scene itself in, in the red suit, dancing down the steps, uh, I just, I love it. I love it. I, I actually dressed up as Joaquin Phoenix uh, Joker for Halloween 2019, went to Liverpool for a night out, found some steps where I went, where I wanted to recreate that. And um, my mate, who looks a little bit like Mohamed Salah, was dressed in a in a Liverpool kit and had the uh, had, had like a throw on. And then some Everton fans, my mate was filming me dance down the steps, and some Everton fans saw him and chased him and were like sh- shouting stuff at us. So I ended up having to run away, like the Joker does, but instead of from cops, it was from loads of uh, Everton fans who wear blue as well. So I got to live my dream, even though I was shit scared. <laughs> Wow, it, it it feels like an immersive Joker experience. Like uh, that's <laughs> wow. Shot a TV host in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, that's great. What a good answer. So, what's your favorite quote or piece of dialogue from a movie? When when I was growing up, and I lived with my mum and dad, my dad did demolition as well. He used to take down buildings that's what demolition is and um he took down um um, uh, like a small cinema and when they rip these things down you pretty much keep what you want because it's all going in rubble anyway found a huge poster of mr blonde from reservoir dogs leaned up against the wall with a with the the milkshake cup or the coke cup or whatever and and it said are you gonna bark all day little doggy or are you gonna bite and then my mum had that on, she put that in her in her room. And I just used to remember, I was too young to have, to watch the film at that point, but I, I was obsessed with that with that poster and that quote. And then when I finally got to watch Reservoir Dogs and Mr. Blonde said that, I was like, 
yes, that's my favourite favourite line ever. So that's my favourite quote from any film. That explains a lot why Reservoir Dogs is your favourite Quentin Tarantino movie of all time. Right, yeah. So what you mean by that, Alex, is it's it's clearly not his best film of all time. No. But I have some... I think with Tarantino, it, you enter a realm where it's like you could pretty much pick one of about five films and claim it was your favourite Quentin Tarantino movie. And uh, absolutely, you, it's inarguable that that could be right. Mine, mm. and I've had a lot of flack for this, is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, oh. I, I, I thought that was, it was just incredible. That's mm. And I get a lot of shit for that. People are like, what? No, yeah. wrong. Um, which is uh, the fun thing about having opinions in the movie world. <laughs> Apparently, you can have an opinion that is wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 didn't, I didn't get it. I really wanted to get it as well. I really wanted to love it, but I just, I didn't think much happened, really. But there we go, different strokes, different folks. Okay, mm. your favourite piece of music in a film or a movie score or soundtrack? We'll gloss over it real quick because I feel like I've done it to death now. But the Joker soundtrack um, mm. is one that I, I, I've i never watched a film and then gone and specifically just listened to the soundtrack. But I did that uh, and I've listened to I think that was in one of my Spotify wrapped one years that I'd listened to that. I love the, the final scene where he's singing That's Life, um, Frank Sinatra. But yep. I'm going to I'm going to pick something different and I'm going to pick the scene in the first Hangover movie where the four enter Las Vegas and there's a montage of them leaving the Nevada desert and entering the, the city lights and Kanye West uh, can't tell me nothing plays. Um, it just made me, it made me really want to go to Vegas. Uh, and it, it just, I, I had this dream of, I, I weren't too bothered about going to Vegas. I wanted to go to Vegas whilst listening to that song. And mm. uh, I've, I've, I've been... I've been a handful of times now, and every time I've been, I've played Kanye West, blasted it up, seen the lights, and I just, I love it. And I thought that this made me a bit of a prick, right? And But I went onto YouTube last night to just confirm it definitely 100% was that song. So I found that scene, went in the comments, and so many other people do that. So there's like hundreds and hundreds of people that go to Vegas just to play that song as they as they enter. So that's my favourite my favourite soundtrack. And also, I like that Todd Phillips used a different Kanye West song in all three of the films. And then right at the end, when it's coming to that lovely ending, I think Alan's getting married in the last one. And he plays Dark Fantasy when they're walking down the corridor in slow motion. And it cuts between the previous films of them walking. And I, I just, yeah, I just, I, I love it. Did you love Vegas as well? Because I remember when I was talking to you and I was like, are you having fun there? I didn't realise you'd been so many times before. I've only been once and I, I, I think I got a shock. I, I'd only seen it on film and I imagined something very different. I imagined Ocean's yeah. Eleven glamour uh, and it's just <laughs> just a lot of hot, sweating people and sitting in velour tracksuits at slot machines. It is. I get exactly what you mean. Like it is a bit. It's a bit like Great Yarmouth Seafront on steroids. Like it is a bit. <laughs> it is a bit tacky. Um, but there's just something about it that I just. I. I, I love playing poker, and I, I just. I, there's no better place in the world than than Vegas to do that. So I, I love it. But then also, like when I go, I, I I've been out to like Area Fifty One quite a few times. Like even though mm. I, I I said that I'm not too into Nope because I don't really. I'm not fascinated by aliens. Like I'm not fascinated by aliens in cinema. I was quite 
I was quite into that. I've been to the Grand Canyon a few times. I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's a hundred cooler places in America to visit than than the uh, the plastic lights of Las Vegas. Uh, Area 51, what's it actually like? I've always wanted to go. I've never been. Is it is it now a bit of a tourist attraction or does it feel like actually something might be behind those gates? Mate, I have, if we've got time, I've got the best story about this and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making this up, right? So it's not touristy at all. Like you, you're not, they don't want you there. They, they don't want you to be anywhere near it. There's, um, there's a little, uh, like bar, like a saloon that you, when you think American saloon, it's exactly like this. It's called the Little Ailey Inn. And, um, you, you know, Paul, the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg right? and Nick Frost, yeah. Yeah, they, they go there in in this in in that film uh but so so we so we were like we have to go there everyone in the in the, this saloon that works there they are they're, they're like movie characters they're like what you doing here boy like you, you you're an english person i don't i'm not too sure about you boy like and they're like spitting tobacco into cat like tins and stuff it's incredible um they said that the the, the film production would come and they would write the film all day in this little alien. They'd get all questions and that, and uh, they'd do all their research and stuff. And then they were going to fi- film the film the scene there, <clears throat> but they just went back to Hollywood and recreated it so- somewhere else. So they didn't get their actual place in, in the, in the movie, which is quite sad, but I, I, I don't know if that's true or not. That's what them guys tell me uh, because they had a big uh, movie poster of the alien Paul that was signed by them two guys, but it was hid right at the back in the corner. And I was like, why is this not like it's up there? But anyway, so after we went there, we were like, can we go to the gates of area 51? We want to see like, what are they keeping there? He was like, it's about 15 miles on a dirt road. It's pitch black. It's, and then at the end, there's just these huge lights beaming down that are like government lights or something, just like get away from it sort of thing. So we, we driving up there. And it takes about half an hour and it's just you're going slow because all the dust hitting your car. And then we get out and there's me and Fiona and two of my friends. And we're going to take a picture by the, by the gates of Area 51 that says photography not permitted. So we, we're going to have a, we're having our um, selfies at the gate. And then all of a sudden these two big industrial lights just go and turn off. So we're like, shit, that's quite scary. So we're, we run into the car and uh, this is a pure coincidence but i'd left my phone in the car on the orcs and i've never listened to this song before in my life i don't know why it'd come on shuffle i'm not making this up but we've got to get out of this place by the by the animals or the doors or something came on and i looked at it and i went fiona look at that and we read it and we were close to tears we were close, <laughs> and we were just driving that it was it was madness and i will take that story to my grave people think that i'm making that up i've never listened to that song before i don't know why it'd be on my shuffle but there we go that's what that oh happened oh my god yeah yeah wow yeah it's just a coincidence that's all it is but it's uh is it though (laughs) (laughs) wow so that's it the Mm. curtains have closed the guests are milling out smiling chatting and thanking you for taking them on an incredible trip to the movies we just have time for our mystery question of the week this section is called What's in the box? Saw you with the box. What was in the box? Oh, what's in the box? Right. I'll tell you. Your mystery question this week is: Who is the scariest movie villain of all time, human or otherwise? I feel I might know the answer, but tell me what you what you're gonna say. 
you think I'm going to say Mr. Sir Hugalot or whatever from from Toys? Is that... I thought you were. I thought you were going to go with the the guy whose face you have tattooed on your calf muscle. Oh no 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 no. no. Is it is it Sir? I'm googling now. Is it Sir Hugalot? I'm, it's not, is it? It it feels like something like that. Toy Story, uh, Purple Bear. Right. His his name is. Uh, uh, oh, Lotsa Hugging Bear. Yeah, that's it. Lotso. Lotso. I'm not going to go for him, so that was a waste of your time, to be honest. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to go for. Um, I always forget her name. I think I think it's Mrs. Umbridge from Harry Potter. Dolores Umbridge, played yes. by uh, uh, Imelda Staunton. Yes. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I've got that from Google. Yeah. I Dolores she, Umbridge, yes. I, I think she's the, the scariest movie villain of all time. I think everyone can relate to having that teacher that would just make your life hell and you'd want to do anything other than cross those sort of that school line into into the premises. But she would she was she's horrible. That's such a good call. She's I it's it's rare that and I think you're right, I think it's because like we've met her because there is she's not like a caricature. There's something very real about her that makes mm -hmm. you just go, I, I I can't stand that woman. Yeah. Great shout. I've met her. I, I've met five different versions of her in my life. I've never met a Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. <sighs> Jack, mate, thank you for joining me this week. Your taxi awaits, but before you go... Let's recap your perfect night at the cinema. You have taken your girlfriend Fiona to the cinema. You've gone at night because, and I'm quoting, is there any other time to go? You're sitting in the middle in the centre because you have never needed to go to the toilet during a film as you have one of the strongest bladders you've ever come across. You're eating a hot dog with as low a meat content as possible, a Tango Ice Blast. Only blue M&Ms, having had all the other colours removed, and some sweet popcorn. We are watching David Fincher's Gone Girl, followed by The Grinch, creating a truly epic double bill. Thank you for taking us on this trip to the movies. Have you enjoyed yourself? I've loved it, mate. I've loved it, and, and hopefully your avid movie fans haven't been too frustrated at my lack of lack of knowledge it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much man thank you mate nice one loved it cheers mate and as Jack's cab carries him away from our virtual cinema, off into the distance, it's your chance to win a pair of tickets for a night out at a very real Odeon cinema. As I said at the start, the lovely people at Odeon have given us a pair of tickets to hand out every week. So if you'd like a chance of getting these tickets, all you have to do is leave us a review of the show. You can leave it on whichever podcast platform you use, be it Apple Podcasts or other, or you can post it to any of our social media channels where we are at Trip to Movies Pod. That's at Trip to Movies Pod. The competition is only open to UK residents and tickets exclude Odeon Leicester Square and Odeon Lux. And just before I say my final farewell for this episode, don't forget you can find the full ad-free video interviews for this episode and every episode on our A Trip to the Movies Patreon, as well as loads of other extras, including early access to the podcast too. So if you'd like to join our growing Patreon community, head to A Trip to the Movies on Patreon. And that really is it. I'll see you again in our virtual cinema next week. Bye-bye.